Can't get a co-host. It's been a while. Lulu never used to cough into the microphone like that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome back to Widowed AF. You're here with Rosie Gilmoss and... Jonathan Gilmoss. Welcome back. It feels like ages since we've sat across from one another and spoken into the microphone in a slightly weird way that we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget, I've nearly forgotten what to do. Well, we can remember where to sit and um, I'm afraid the children are playing outside because it's hotter than the surface of the sun and they are cooling outside and there's nothing we can do about that. And two of them are decompressing from school. Yes. <clears throat> so this will either be a car crash, guys, or the best episode ever. You decide. I mean, it might fall somewhere in between. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not go for the both extremes. So, yes, welcome back. I'm hoping that you have all um, made it through the school holidays unscathed because the school holidays are quite challenging, even if you haven't got children, because everything's a little bit out of whack and you see everybody off having this, I'm using my inverted commas here, wonderful time, and it can add a lot to the isolation. So first off, I just wanted to say to you, and well, I hope that you are all holding on in there. And well done for getting through it. Yeah, yeah, well done. I mean, and then, of course, you you battle through this. I think we've had nearly nine weeks off with two of ours. And you, you're looking forward to them going back necessarily, but you're looking forward to some structure and routine. And then they go back and you miss them, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, it's the, I think it is the structure and routine that we miss. And you don't get the best of your child when they've gone back to school after a long break, do you? You get the sort of, especially in this heat, you get the sort of slightly sweaty, grumpy little... Third, <laughs> I did not say that. right. Anyway, back to the business in hand. So we have had a little bit of a hiatus. We had the best of intentions of continuing through the summer, but we had quite a hectic summer in in a good way, and it just didn't happen. And quite frankly, as many of you would have seen from my Instagram post, I was struggling a little bit. I think anybody who has demons struggles. Um, because of the pressure perhaps of holidays and things like this. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we didn't basically, I'm, I'm rambling on and, and kind of making excuses here, but no, we, we, we didn't do, um, as much as we hoped, but we are back and rather belatedly, I do want to pull you guys back and talk about Melissa's episode. So that went out, I can't remember the exact date, but it was the last episode that went out Yeah, and it was a really, um, yeah, it was a really difficult episode to do actually, because, she has essentially been widowed twice. She was divorced from her first husband. Um, but the nature of their deaths was so traumatic and awful. And I think, I mean, to say that I felt really affected by it feels uh, sort of disingenuous because it hasn't happened to me. But even listening to it, I mean, I burst into tears mid-interview, didn't I? Mm, yeah. yeah. In, fact, I- in fact, we'll play that clip now because I think this was, it was quite a moment because it was such a I, I, l- listen the, to the listen to the clip guys um emma's swing is like almost directly under our bedroom so i'm like sticking my head out listen i i'm thinking i'm hearing him talk through the ceiling and i'm pushing her and then i was like i need to go upstairs and check on him I went upstairs i unlocked the door and I, he had blood coming out of his nose and i said what is going on? Like, I was so confused. I mean, he had the gun in his mouth, but I was so confused. I was like, my brain was just like, what, 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 what's happening? And he was gone. And he shot himself. And he shot himself. And his last phone call had been six minutes prior to his neurologist trying to get help. 
Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It was within a span of like 10 minutes that I was like, I'll be right back. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. That's really, um, it's really chilling. Sorry. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and that was Melissa talking about her second husband, Will. And he, as you heard, he just killed himself. You know, he went from being on the phone asking desperately for help to being dead. And I found that really scary. That yeah, I'm, I'm, glad there was, I'm glad there's no cameras in editing. Yeah, we, we were both a mess. And I've got a, I've got a couple of friends who've lost their, their partners to suicide. And one of them described it as being a long-term solution to a short-term problem. And it's that, that that decision can happen. And I suppose in America, the, the, the issue of guns, I mean, we won't get into a political debate on this, but I'm Andy. And it that you can end your life that quickly and that violently, mm. it's really scared me, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, I, mm, and I think when you've teetered on, you know, with, with your own demons and battled with mental health, I know personally I've talked on here how it feels to to reach out in, in desperation and ask for help and for it not to be offered or not to be given to you. And it's it happened time and time again with this poor guy. And you can almost feel the frustration. You know, he's on the phone, he's trying to get help and they're knocking him back time and time again. And you can almost feel that, well, fuck it then. Yeah. 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 It, um, it, it actually left me speechless, as, as mm. I am now. Even even recalling it now, you know, mm. the, you know, she was she was just outside with the with the little ones, and and then everything changes, and like, yeah. And it's it's that the feeling of hope being gone. I think that I struggled with because hopelessness is probably the most damaging thing, isn't it? If you can't see a way out, you can't see any hope or future. That's when the darkness gets in, and yeah, yeah. Um, it really, it, I would really recommend you listen, but listen with caution because it is, it is, it's hard. It's hard. It, you're listening to two enormous tragedies that have happened to one woman in a relatively short time. And, and they've got children, you know, imagine having to navigate them. I mean, Melissa, she's doing from all accounts a brilliant job, but she I don't envy is. her. No, no. Uh, again, you all are um, incredibly brave. Yeah. Every story we hear, um, just gets more and more powerful and well no not more and more powerful that's the wrong words but every story is different we were talking about this only yesterday because um i've had a, a few applications come through um of from covid deaths which i suppose the timeline would tie in that people are now maybe getting to a point where they want to talk about it um and i sort of said well but every single story is different even the ones that are similar in timeline or diagnosis and things like this every single story and every reaction to it is different Hmm. and i think this i mean the tagline of the podcast is every widow has a story and i really genuinely believe that we do yeah and as you as you you'll see on monday because the interviews are back on monday um emma's story was very very close very 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 close oh gosh yeah it was really close so emma charlesworth i um sort of aware of each other you know instagram and the widow community and she came on the podcast um, a couple of weeks ago and spoke to me. And yeah, her husband was in the um, sister hospital to the one that you were in. So you were in Maidstone, I Maidstone, believe they, yeah. he was in Medway, but I don't quote me on this. And um, 
you, they were both in hospital, you were both in hospital at the, at the same time with COVID and the outcome for her was not positive, obviously. Mm. And I think that there, but for the grace kind of thing, you know, it, it once again to see the parallels and it's that sliding doors thing. And you felt, you cried editing it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough edit, but what such a powerful story. I, I really, really hope when someone in the press gets hold of the sentiment behind mm. her story because it's this, you know, being ejected into isolation to grieve. Yeah. Um, and uh, and everything else. And, it, you know, we go back to the mental health mm. um, and, like, you know, the, the, the tragedies that we've had just over the holidays with, um, you know, suicides yeah. and everything else. Um it brings back the lack of mental health care in this country yeah. and it's really, really difficult. And Yeah, know. and one of the things you really struggled with was because um, you have carried a, an element of guilt that you nearly widowed me twice, which yeah. is completely unfounded and unwarranted because you didn't do it on purpose. Um, but you said now listening to how she had to navigate through the grief with a child in isolation without the usual channels of support you found that really upsetting didn't you yeah yeah um and i don't know survivor's guilt out of the some, Maybe, yeah. someone out there will have whichever guilt it is i think you're probably right that um, it's something like survivor's guilt yeah but i remember the initial the initial shock that got me was when um, it was the prospect of nearly orphaning Holly yeah. and sending you into a widowhood again. And then when I went through Emma's episode, it was like, it's not just any normal bloody... Mm. Like, it's ejected into total isolation and, you know... Yeah. It, we um, talk about being put, when you're bereaved in any way, but obviously our, our speciality is widows, and you feel like you're in a different country without a guidebook or any knowledge of the language. And then if you do that in isolation as well, where you're just surrounded by media stories and and the insult of the way it panned out and the discoveries that were made that yeah it didn't need to be um, but then the, you know the other one is um, what support has been given out to these people that had to grieve in isolation because mm. th- there's a lot of them yeah there's a hell are. of a lot of them who are all probably now coming up to three years in the chicken and wine phase has been out mm-hmm. whichever side of grief you come from whether it's the partners <laughs> there is a, a period of chaos chaos mm. uh, when when anyone anyone significant passes um and you know they're now coming up to two three years popping out the other side and looking up and you know where's the resource to help these people yeah and their children and there just doesn't seem to be anything um mm-hmm. and what what there is is very very overstretched but um thank you guys for talking about it for being brave and putting words and voices and faces to those who were left behind from COVID because we, uh, you are often the forgotten ones because there were so many people that died that the fear of them becoming a statistic as well, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, there's, there's a lot tied up in this. And um, I mean, we will, (laughs) we'll dissect the episode after you've all heard it next week, but I would again, approach with caution, particularly if you are personally affected by COVID, but it really is a very, good episode (laughs) (laughs) there's lots to think about Um, yeah it's a very long one it's one of the longest ones we've we've done to date but um but invest the time guys it's worth it Mm. yeah we actually did manage to get a couple of records done over the holidays so i i'm really looking forward to get because we've obviously heard them because we were there but i'm 
yeah, I'm really looking forward to putting them out and seeing what, what you lot think of it. Previously, I've spoken about this um, condition that I've discovered that I have called PMDD and it's, um, it is a hormonal disorder and it's really, really shitty. It's really, really, really rubbish. And um, now we know what it is. There is some treatment available. So the risk of sounding like a uh, an old lady, I'm going to give HRT a go. So <laughs> patch me up and see what happens. Um, but in the spirit of kind of wanting to, and I don't want to use the word fix myself because I don't actually think I'm broken. I, I say it when I'm low. I say I don't want to be broken anymore. But I actually, what I have is an, a neurological condition and a hormonal um <laughs> discrepancy which is causing these bouts of low mood because I don't recognize myself when I'm like that Mm -hmm. you don't recognize me when I'm like that that's not your wife is it no and it's it's distressing for me obviously um but it's equally it's distressing for you and I'm not trying to get you to say that you find me difficult or anything like this because we'll keep that for private (laughs) but what I'm trying to say is you have been an immense support to me and it must be very difficult for you to see that. But I'm also glaringly aware of what happens if I didn't have you? You know, who would help me? Who would pick me up off the floor? And it's, I don't know. I, I perhaps I, I probably would have just drank through it, I guess. But it sort of showed me how much the alcohol and sort of running from moods and, you know, I'm waffling a little bit, aren't I? But it's quite difficult to talk about this sort of stuff without, emotion getting involved but alongside the um the the medication that I take and um the potential um HRT which we're going to try um I'm really conscious of not sounding like a wanker because I used to hate people that said stuff like go for a run do a bit of meditation and again I realized that some of the audience will not relate to that at all and they will not want to do it but to try and get control of my mental health and my physical health I suppose I have been out running most days and we have been using the ice bath, both of us, mm-hmm. not not together. And I've been making sure that my nutrition's a bit better, which means just waking up some smoothies um, because life is hectic and getting your five a day is not always that easy. So, and yes, I have counselling and that is, some would say perhaps a luxury, but it is, a, it is for me, it's a, essential. Um, and just sticking on a pair of trainers and, you can take your dog, that's optional, you may not have a dog, and getting out and getting that green and blue. Um, and then you may not have a nice bath, but you could have a cold shower and it does something to your body and your mind <clears throat> and it just gives you that little extra bit of armoury against the, the darkness. Mm-hmm. So I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I don't know if that made any sense at all, but I guess I just wanted to say that I'm fighting with with you. I'm I'm fighting with you guys. I'm not sitting up here with my new husband and my beautiful family and, you know, just cruising through this. I am digging deep with you. You certainly are. So I can hear my kids screaming. Why are they let's, so let's just check. See. Okay, so now we're back. The children have been beaten into submission. They, they haven't. No, they've they just haven't. been glared just, at. Yeah, you'll be able to hear them in recordings. Yeah, John just gave them the look. Um, so... I sort of sprung this on you right before we came on mic, but I think hearing your perspective of um, supporting somebody with with having a bit of a mental health crisis looks like because 
many of our listeners will have witnessed this and or experienced it and but may not have seen the other side so i don't, I don't know this may not work but i'd be interested to hear so um well when when the pmdd first raised its its head we didn't know what it was mm. like you just absolutely crashed i thought i was losing my mind i was really really scared i like you can probably hear my voice crack mm. now because i was so scared that this was permanent and what the what we take away quite often from a suicide episode is the agony that they lived in prior to taking their life and it must be unbearable to be mm. that sad and that hopeless so it, uh, my fear was that it wasn't going to go away that i was this was me now yeah um i did have a bit of um additional knowledge because i've been through a similar thing the year before when i was getting rid of all the the covid hangover that was left mm. with me um and i, I and certainly not as down and deep as yours went but i remember that hopeless feeling that i can't be parent to these mm. children i can't be husband to you i can't give anybody what they want i'm just a horrible person i need to be away i'm a burden and i remember that mm. um i thing, remember you sitting on the stairs crying yeah um and the one thing that I learned and the one thing that I keep, I do say to you is this feels bad now, but this will pass. Yeah. Um, and you've got to try, it's very difficult when you're in the depths of it to latch onto that time when you were sat in the garden going, this is amazing. The sun's shining. Mm. We feel great because much like a bad photograph, that's the one that you focus on. Of course. On. Yeah. Good um, analogy. And, and from what I mean, it's humans are more biased towards the negative. It's just the way we're built. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Um, so initially, I found it very, very difficult, mm. very difficult because it felt personal. Yeah. But now I've reframed it in my head and I keep saying to you, let's treat this like a stomach bug. Or migraine. A migraine mm. in one that you, you go away, everyone understands what a migraine is and that you need quiet and darkness and peace and quiet. And like like the migraine, it's severe, but it does pass. Yeah. Um, but it's very, very difficult to watch you in that amount of pain knowing that there's nothing I can do. Mm. And it um, is that not being able to help, um, and I think the the this when you tell me that this will pass, I'm able now to accept that it it will, and that we know that this is a fluctuation in my hormones, and it will it will it will ebb and flow. <laughs> Gross. Um, but it initially, I thought that I was having some sort of breakdown. I thought that I it was all coming to a head, and mm. all this kind of grief and and up you know distress was was coming out and. To be told that, and, and actually it was you that did the research and then my, you and my psychiatrist sort of put this together, um, the idea that this could be treatable. Um, there are lines of defence for it. You can mm -hmm. take the um, mini pill or you, if you're older, you may be prescribed some HRT. So if you are struggling like I am with this kind of cyclical drop in mood, particularly if you are over 40 or you happen to be neurodivergent, because unfortunately the um, the the co comorbidity is the term between this condition and neurodiversity is very, very high. Mm -hmm. So you are, you know, talk about kick a woman when she's down, right? Um, and it can mean things like your ADHD meds don't work as effectively and so and they help with your dopamine. So there's all these things tied up. And I mean, man, it sucks to be a woman, right? But there is help. And just knowing the name of this condition is really vital because there is information out there. But I am 42 years old and I have never heard of this. No, me, I, I hadn't either. And it was when, when I was researching it and I was, I, was, I was actually speaking with my brother and he was researching with me. Oh, bless um, him. So, and um, 
I stumbled on, I think it was on, on some random Reddit forum. And then once you found the term, like you, it, everything else became ex- explanatory. And, and now we're at the final point of hopefully getting you the treatment to smooth it all out. And the other thing was the amount, well, the amount, there was a few, but the people that also have it, because some of my friends had this and I didn't know. Yeah. And again, I talk so much about the feeling of community and belonging and not feeling isolated and just knowing that this is, you know, it's a relatively common, it's not hugely common, but it is a, you know, it's not a unusual condition. Um, and knowing that it's actually a registered disability, it mm-hmm. is, it's, it is a crippling um condition actually and i can only assume that it's been kept under control by sort of hormonal contraceptives mask yeah effectively yeah seems they've done a lot of masking with the ladies since 98 haven't they yes don't forget adhd doesn't exist you know the the other problem is you know we're quite fortunate in that we can access Mm. um like a a private resource Mm. and when some of you guys can't and you're faced with a gp's service and yeah how the hell do you break but if you can at least go in with a name and yeah. say, I think this may be something I have, then they can at least look into it. I apologise to the gents, because this isn't massively... Um, well, it might be, you might have a lady in your life, or you might have a lady in your life at some point, or even a daughter, because this condition can rear its head from, you know, when they when you first hit mm. puberty. So yeah. it is... And, and, and if it does, guys, uh, it's not personal. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, never it's never personal. No, plus it's quite a hard switch to switch in your head, but once you learn how to do it, actually, um, you can you can support them much much better. Yeah. Um, now on a positive, should we finish finish on a, on a positive? But, uh, yeah. Uh, um, does anyone want to take a sweepstakes on who's going to win between Hector and Tabby in the pool? <laughs> <laughs> Tabby, my money's on Tabby yeah, all probably day yeah. long. Spider monkey. I tell you one thing, I do want to just mention actually before we go. Um, Woodstock. Yes, Woodstock. Woodstock, yes. So we held, as many of you will be aware, we've, we've talked about on here, we held a gathering here for guests of the podcast. It was lovely. It pissed it down and it was still lovely. So just imagine how lovely that would have been in the sunshine. And we are contemplating the idea of putting together some sort of maybe a day, maybe a weekend event where everybody can come. It'll be a ticketed event. We will keep the costs as low as, as we possibly can. Um and we're just wanting to gauge interest really on this, whether people would be up for, it would probably be in Kent because that's where we live and we get to choose the, yeah. the location. But we were thinking, you know, bands and a bar and, and stuff for the kids. And if possible, um, represent quite a lot of your businesses or bands or music because we know there's a lot of musicians, there's a lot yeah. of talent and there's a lot of businesses and a lot of self-starters out there. So if you've got something that would fit into like a, Mini Think of it like summer fe- a bit festival. of a crap vet festival. Like um like if your aunt through festival. <laughs> no, it's gonna be cool. It we're we're sort of thinking, you know, like a a family friendly uh hippie vibe, you know, yeah. it's not a, a massive bend. I mean it might be for some of you, but it's um, it, we just like the idea of um I suppose it's a lovely romantic image if I got in my head of like the kids playing in the field and the twinkly lights and the music and mm. I, I want to create that for us. I want this network that we've got. You know, we got like fifty thousand listeners. You know, if I'm not gonna do maths or say like if a hundred of you turned up, we'd have a right laugh, wouldn't we? Yeah. Um and it also shows that we we are still normal people and we still have fun and we mm. still we still do and achieve things. So why not celebrate that at Whitstock? <laughs> so if any of you want to get involved, drop us an email. Yeah. Go on the website, there's a contact us email. Drop if us an email. Got a field. On there. 
And <laughs> <laughs> it won't be at our house. I'm just going to drop that in there before yeah. anyone gets any it, ideas. <laughs> it won't be, but it will most likely be based in Kent. Yes, I already said that. Yeah. That's that's our, pro- I'm doubling it in That's our anyone, prerogative, remember. Anyone wants me to go to Yorkshire, because that's not happening. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Yorkshire, but I'm not doing a long Some of the, the fi- finest men I've ever married have been from Yorkshire. What can I say? I actually spoke to a woman from Barnsley yesterday. You did, yeah. Oh, on the podcast, not just in general. <laughs> <laughs> it's when it disintegrates into this that we probably draw the episode to an end. Yeah. So I bet you've missed us, haven't you, guys? Yeah, yeah, they have. They have. So um, once again, it was a very potluck episode. Um, we kind of come into this with a bit of an idea of what we want to talk about and then completely disregard it. I didn't even bring my post-it note into the office. I have a photo of it. You've got a photo We've pretty much stayed on point. It's yeah. done quite well. Somebody's keeping the, the, the ship on, on point. So just to reiterate that we are rooting for you all. And, oh, actually, I'm going to drop one more tiny thing in. Sorry. I had, um, just before the end of the school term last year, I had a message come into our Instagram and it was from a mother up at... Um, our, our youngest daughter's school who had been listening to the podcast and realized that um, our children were at the same school and she sent me the loveliest message and I sort of messaged back and I didn't get to actually see her because um, the school finished um, anyway I accosted her Vanessa her name is I accosted her on the school run yesterday and we had a hug and again there's just something about hugging somebody that has been through what you've been through and it transcends age and every it just it brings you together oh and actually the lady i spoke to yesterday she's in paris today with her widowed friends so i i think this is really special and if you haven't already join up to weigh and see if you can find a local group and you know there'll be plenty of weirdos in there but you might meet somebody like (laughs) Yeah, and, and you, you, your tribe will become full of widows at some point because we, we get you. Yeah. Everyone gets you. I can remember one of the kids saying to me, um, do you only have friends whose husbands have died? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's um, doesn't bode well for the friends whose husbands are still alive, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, we, we will start uh, to get back into normal service now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got quite a lot of exciting things to Try out and announce over the next six months. Yeah, we're we're actually going to rebrand our logo and things. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Just just fancied a change, really, didn't we? Yeah, and try and bring a few more content, more a destination for to get other help and and all the stuff that we talk about. Is because it's quite the resource. Yeah, yeah, I'm genuinely excited to get back get going again. So um, thank you for sticking with us this long today. If you have, and we will be back on Monday with Emma's episode. And as always, guys, take care of yourselves. Lots of love. Take care. Have a good weekend. Bye bye. I forgot it was Friday. (laughs) 